you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Message coming in, Commander. Big surprise, the Alliance needs you again. Shepard, this is Admiral Hackett with Alliance Command. We've got a mission for you. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast. We're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke and Corey Kurabara Treadway. This is episode number 13, and today we are talking about more side quests, and then we're also going to get into the Bring Down the Sky DLC. Uh, so with all that said, let's get right back into it. Let's move on here. Let's see if we... I don't think this quest has husks, but let's find out. So this is the uh, the strange transmission in the Hawking ETA. Uh, this is one I remember getting from Hackett. That uh, there, there's a, a Father Kyle, who's a cult leader, and he's been critical of the Alliance, and he's built a following of biotics. And so Hackett is basically like, I need you to take care of this guy. Interpret that however you want. <laughs> Wink, wink, don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you go to Presop, which is a, a moon of Clendagon in Century, uh, the Century system in Hawking ETA. Uh, you find an abandoned camp with tracks heading west. Uh, the tracks lead to a crashed mining mako, and there's a dead crew inside. Uh, you go to the compound. Of course, they won't let you in. Uh, so actually, I did have enough Paragon at this point to convince them that I need to talk to Major Kyle so I can help them. Uh, I go through the base. Uh, you talk to Kyle. Uh, you need charm or intimidate to deal with him. And of course, I had none, so it ends in me fighting. And now all the biotics that I walked through peacefully coming in, they're hostile on the way out. And then, oops, yeah. Then hack. And then at the end, hack. It's like, yeah, you 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 did what you had to do there. But, okay. but nobody's gonna fault you for that. I did not. I, I um, intimidated my way through this, and I I let Kyle live which i think i might have flipped to like a paragon call on that one because i'm not sure you can i think you can intimidate your way through it yeah you can intimidate him into backing down uh, oh, wow. which was yeah it was a nice resolution it was like you can still get out of here without killing this dude if you want is there any any significance that we can expect from him in future mass effect games or is that something we'll have to see it's i mean it's nothing game breaking this is another one of those like you'll hear back about it but it's not uh it's it's not major. It's just like a little detail that comes in. There's yeah, no galactic my, readiness, so who cares, right? Yeah, I know in mine, I was able to convince him, like, hey, I know you're having some problems. We can help you. We can get you the help you need. And going through the routes, it's like, hey, we can get you we get like a ship to come pick him up. And so like, hey, just talk to your people. Tell like you're going to be going away. Just get him calm down. And they let me leave without a, without a fight. Yeah, I just yelled at him and was basically like, look, dude, if you don't back off, y'all going to die. Um, and he was like, oh, I guess I don't want that. Well, I feel bad that I killed him and his whole colony. Eh. 
like I said, there's no galactic readiness. So I mean, that's true. That's true. Really? Yeah, I love I love a uh, Haggett's. It's like I'm surprised you got through that without killing anybody. <laughs> it's like you saved a lot of lives. That makes sense because I, I I think Hackett kind of wanted the guy dead. <laughs> yeah, that I feel the, like that was the subtext. I mean, that, was like you yeah, don't. Like, it's okay if you you know. I'm not saying you have to kill him, but if you know your your finger slips on the trigger, I'm I'm, I'm looking yeah, that way. I, I know I could I couldn't do it because I felt like I because especially this character recall, like he didn't really like none really seemed like bad people here. He seemed more of he's suffering from he he's a veteran. He's got a lot of mental issues, and no one's taking care of him. He needs assistance, and I'm like I can't just kill you because you, you're having mental health problems. Let us help you. This is that Disney-fied government of 2180 that uh, is not, you know, funding its veterans programs. Shocking. When would that ever happen? Yeah. There, <laughs> there is a weird thing, though. Apparently, you can kill all the biotics in there, except for Kyle, and convince him to surrender. And Hackett will still say, congratulations for saving everybody. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the bit is just flipped on whether you talk him down or not. Which is, if you want some free XP, I guess you can do that. It, right. You know. It's just so weird to, the- to say, like, bunch of dead vibes behind you. You saved everyone. Yes. Everyone that, everyone that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so let's move on here. The next quest is investigate shipments in Amazon Cluster. Oh no! This one here is that. This is where all my shipments for Amazon come from. <laughs> it is. I wonder if that was an intentional. Like, you have shipments in Amazon. Like, I wonder if that was an intentional on on their part because mm. it is, it does seem a little coincidental. Uh, but uh, anyway, so this one it started for me here with Hackett radioing in to say that they received a mission complete from a probe from the first contact war, which was the war with the Turian. Uh, the probe has a twenty kiloton nuke attached to it to prevent tampering. And it seems as though the probe was intercepted and then sent to the Amazon cluster. So we need to track down this basically a ticking time bomb here and find out what's going on. Uh, so that we go to the Ajabinium planet in the Amazon cluster in uh, the Voyager uh, yeah. system. But we, we also got to talk about mm-hmm. they really put a 20 kiloton nuke on a probe. Really? I don't know what was going on up there. We, we thought maybe it was someone hostile. Like, what if you didn't get someone hostile? Oh, wait, look what just happened. Still pretty believable. Actually, it's very believable. We've done that before, oh. haven't we? Uh huh. I'm sad. It's pretty still much. stupid. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just saying it's plausible. So, this is a windy, rocky red planet. Uh, you find the corpse of someone who seems to be a tourist who got too close to the sun. Uh, you can track uh, the signal to the mine. Uh, when you get close, bl- blasting caps go off. And Ilanos Haliat holographically greets Shepard. And it turns out that he's the Turian responsible for the Skillian Blitz, which that was the one like massive planetary attack that you could possibly have had Shepard survive for one of his uh, or her. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's where mine was kind of interesting. He's like, you ruined my plans. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah, so he he's the, he admits he's the leader of the pirates in the Terminus se- sector, and he wants the humans gone from there. 
And so now he's just like, oh, you know what? I can kill Shepard. You're the first human specter, and I can get clout for that. That'll be awesome. Uh, so uh, the first thing you have to do is you find that the nuke is armed. Uh, you need to use all that, om- not all the Omni-Gel that you have, but some of the Omni-Gel that you've amassed, that giant mass of 999 Omni-Gel. Uh, you get to use some of that to disable it. And then uh, the front of the mine gets blocked off, so you have to exit the mine through the back door. Uh, Halliot and his goons are waiting downhill in a base. And I suppose what you're supposed to do is like approach the base and actually get into like a firefight with them. I just picked them off for, with a sniper rifle at range. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's you, much easier. Um, yeah. I just put, brought the Mako in and just ran him over. <laughs> <laughs> because this is, they don't lose experience. You could literally just bring the Mako in, just continuously run him over until he's dead. No, I think. I think that my problem was that the Mako was out in the front of the mine and you come out in the back. So I did not feel like hiking all the way around the mine to get the Mako and then come back to fight them. Although I, I suppose you, you could do that. Actually, I wound up doing that anyway because I think uh, I found the rear entrance to the mine first. Like I parked, I found the rear entrance to the mine and I wound up walking around and finding the front entrance, or, 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 and then I was like, oh, I should go get the Mako and come back and park in the front here like I should, and then I came out the back, and I was like, wait, now I gotta do that again, so, yeah, that was a bit uh, a bit annoying. But, yeah, so you, yeah, picked them off with the sniper rifle, and then, oh, they yeah, they moved the Mako anyway, the Mako is over at their camp, because uh, I did leave it at the front entrance of the mine, but then the Mako is near their camp anyway, so you're right, you probably did that, you just got in the Mako and took them out very nice of them to move it yeah because i also like backtracked to the mine entrance uh and was like oh they moved my car yes thanks guys (laughs) yeah that's what i was thinking of thanks guys it's like where's my dude where's your car pirates with valet service here's here's a big question did they leave the credence tapes so uh the next quest i have here is the msv worthington unc lost freighter and this is a ship uh, from the Morrison Company uh, from Shanxi, which that's the, uh, I'm not saying that right, it's like Shanxi or, or Shanxi, Shanxi, yeah. Shanxi, yeah. Shanxi. That's where, that's where Ashley's grandfather uh, was a complete wuss and gave up humanity hey, to the Turians. He wasn't a wuss, he was, he was outnumbered by like incredible odds. I, you know. He was a wuss and the Williams were, were, were failures and frauds until Ashley heroically gave her life in the Battle of Vermeer. That's the story. I don't know. Her sister, was, I don't think, was a wuss, so. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Ashley's side on this one. Like, <laughs> she explained yeah. it. The way she explained it, it's like you're facing overwhelming odds. You need, civilians are dying. Turians are bombing entire city blocks to get rid of just any military presence. Like, just. I don't know. Sometimes surrendering, you know, you save more lives. I don't know. If, maybe if he had like a probe with a 20 ton, kiloton nuke, he could have done some damage. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's that's the, the saving grace, the 20 ton nuke. Turians notoriously respond really well to being like nuked or having asteroids dropped on them. Also very true. <laughs> so. So this ship, it's floating cold in space. Uh, it's near Ming in Gemini Sigma. Uh, the cargo hold is booby-trapped, uh, but there's no signs of life or enemies. Uh, you find a computer log about uh, some guy named Jacob who is dying and a Julia who is depressed about it. Uh, you find Jacob, and he is brain-dead on a life support machine. 
the crew log uh, is a woman who is determined to save Jacob and not taking her meds. So presumably that's Julia. And then you find a log of a doctor saying that they're going to shut down Jacob's life support. And then in the middle of the doctor recording that, Julia attacks him. So you wander around the ship and then finally a Julia ambushes you and you have to kill her. I don't think you're able to like talk to her in any way. No. She's pretty wild at that point. No, she jumps she, you. She There's no yeah. way to do this. That isn't you killing her. Yeah. And then at that point, you're left with a dude on life support and like everybody just dead. Yeah. And so, so one of the so, knows that Julia is a very strong biotic character, though. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe the mania or whatever overtook her is the explanation. So she gets bonus biotic powers or something. Uh, but yeah, she hits hard. Well, and she pops up like right behind you. So she can pop up, like drop a warp or something on you and then take what should be something quick and make it kind of annoying. Yeah. So did you guys let Jacob live or did you, well, I guess letting him live is a relative term. Cause I mean, how long until life support runs out, but yeah, did you leave him or did you, did you just shut everything down? I turned it off. I think I, I left it on because I didn't want to be the responsible for letting the body die. Like that ain't on me to choose. Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of sort of moral quandary wrapped up in this little vignette, basically. Um, there are no consequences for your decision, unfortunately. Yeah, but virtually, what is the right decision, though? Letting the person right. just, like, since they're brand dead, like... I'm just saying there's no galactic readiness. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I think... I think vignette is a great word to describe this, and, and I think that's the thing, is they couldn't give you any sort of like, you know, galactic readiness out of this or anything like that, because like, what, like, what is the right to, like, you can legitimately discuss that. And, and I, I, I wish I remembered what you, whether you got, yeah, I'm assuming you probably got Paragon for letting him live and Renegade for letting him die. I um, don't remember. But I don't, no. I, I, I don't know. There's so. no, there's no points. Like, that's what I'm like. There are no consequences. Oh, so this is, this, this is a complete, this is like a complete philosophical exercise. Then. Yeah. yeah. Look, they don't, they don't, they don't tell you which is the right decision. You literally are just left like, well, did I make the right one or not? Like in real life. Shep Shepard <laughs> is not going to care. I'm, I'm just going to say that like, this is an interesting little philosophical quandary to, put, to find yourself in. And, you know, we could talk about this at length, uh, but ultimately I feel like for Shepard, who has been through everything that Shepard has been through and everything that Shepard will be through. Like this is, this is not going to register at all. Like I can't imagine like Shepard laying in bed at night and like trying, struggling to fall asleep because this is the one decision. Like, oh, I should, I should, shouldn't, shouldn't have turned that guy's light. The one that got them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like, like if Shepard's going to have like severe PTSD and whatnot at the end of all this. Oh yeah. Yes. Shepard's going to be a will not mess. be for this. Oh, yes. I, you know, it, I, yes, but uh, so two things. One, I think this is nice as you, the player, you get to role play. Like this is, yes. this is something that really is the decision you make and like what kind of character you're playing. I think you, you just get to do that and it informs it. Also, this feels, this does feel like one of those details that like we're talking about this and, and as somebody who recently had a family member on life support, like it hits a little different. It really yeah. makes you think about it um, in a way that, frankly, I've never thought about this before. Well, it's like, it comes down to a lot of times, like certain people found out that like, like 
your brain lasts a bit longer than they think. So what is actually brain dead means is not always true. The whole thing. Yeah, it's it's just such a so yeah, I, I don't I, I like it. I I really like now that we're talking about it, I like that there are literally no consequences in the game because then there's not like a it's you you're not gamifying this at all. There isn't a press this button to get the points that you want. It's just do whatever you think. What if you took the 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 person on life support? And put them on a dragon spire. <laughs> Would that be saving them? Or is that effectively condemning them? I we've just we're just sitting here like we're all staring at each other in the camera. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I would say, like, with the way that it works, that it wouldn't need your brain to be working, so you're condemning their body, at least. I don't know about the person themselves. Maybe you're putting them out of their misery, finally, or... Huh. This is one for the philosophy majors, I think. Like, <laughs> I, I guess you're giving them their cool robot death that Chip wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it's like, what if it's like me personally? I think that what might be pretty cool. Um, I would take that actually. I would take that over having my life support turned off for sure. I'd be like, yeah, turn me into a crazy robot. I don't know what that says about me, but I don't think it's good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're donating your body to the Reapers. That's a that's a good that's a good worthy cause for somebody. Well, you know, when you put it that way, it does sound like kind of a dick move, huh? <laughs> well, I guess what if you, 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 okay, so what if then you, you take this person who is now a husk and presume, assuming that you're able to contain them, that they're not just wandering around, you bring them to either Exogeny or uh, uh, one of the other, I can't think of the, the, the one from, from Novaria, but uh, Synthetic you know, one, of, one of those companies. Yes, thank you. Actually, Synthetic Insights would probably be the one you want to go to. Right. Uh, you bring it to them, and you're like, okay, now here we have this gentleman. He was brain dead. Now he's a husk. You're free to study him. Just keep him alive. I'm r- going back to my previous answer. It does make interesting things like, if you're brain dead, it brings you back. Do you get to bypass some of the Reaper bra- brainwashing because it wasn't actually there when they were? Uh, see, I don't know. Again, I, I, do husks even like have a brain? I mean, the, the, you know, beyond they, they run around and they, they jump at people. They might not. They might have just reused that part for, for just a new transmitter for the Reapers to control. So that's also a good point. Yeah, that data is probably not recoverable. Like, I don't think they're going to restore your brain functions. Still cool, though. I guess if... Now, I guess here's a question, then. If somebody could find a way to reverse the husk process, which I... uh, And I don't know that that's necessarily possible, but if they could, you could theoretically save somebody, then, by by, by doing this, turn them into a husk, reverse the process, and maybe they come out all right again. So who knows? We don't, maybe even stronger now. They have if you have husk power. But if you if you let's say you could upload your brain, uh, you could scan your brain and upload it into something, and 
uh, wait for a future technology where they can dump your brain into a new body or that imprint of your brain. Are you still you or are you a copy of you? See, I would say in that case, you're a copy, but because uh, did you watch uh, upload on Amazon? No, because they like, they literally deal with that question. It's, it's uh, actually, I, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's a, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a good enough sitcom. I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah. um, but if it's, it's like a, a cheerier black mirror, like the universe is just as uh, dystopian and just as depressing, but the characters there are like. You know, it's like sitcom characters that you're like, okay, these people are all cool, and, and I don't mind, you know, ch- you know, hanging out with them for like a half hour for a few episodes. Um, okay, I'll have so to. Yeah, watch I'd recommend this. that, but yeah, but they, uh, but they get they they do they do get into that a little bit. Yeah, I will say also, uh, so. if you want to play have a game that's kind of similar, check out the game Soma. That's got a very interesting take on on something like similar to this. So uh, I won't say anything because I, I can't say much about the game without spoiling it. It's a good thing to experience, but please. Take a look at some. It should be available on most platforms. So there's one more side quest in our list, uh, and you only get it uh, if you amass enough uh, renegade points. And I think it's the tier is if you get 80% of your max possible first, or if you get 90% and you also get a ton of uh, Paragon points. So if you were perhaps using uh, a points exploit, uh, you might be able to do this as well. But most people, I think, don't see it if you don't do a Renegade playthrough. And it's really funny because Admiral Hackett shows up, uh, or he calls you as you get to the, it's in the Hades Gamma, and he calls you and and basically says, hey, so we're trying to make a deal with this guy. And uh, I have a diplomatic mission for you. um, But very like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like however it goes, don't worry about it. Uh, and so he sends you down and you, you go to this dude's base uh, and you start talking to him. And he is just a tremendous ass, like just like the rudest possible person. And you can like theoretically get all the way through uh, and let him just berate you and insult you and say that, like, the alliance is trash and you should all kneel before him. And how dare you, you know, even let his name cross your lips you should call him lord all of this stuff you can politely like grit your teeth and talk through it and you'll go back you'll talk to hackett and hackett says huh did not expect that outcome uh, or you can kill him and i went through all of the dialogue to to let him yap and then i reloaded my save and killed him because he's a huge jerk <laughs> I have to say, Bioware does a very good job of making some characters so obnoxious that you get a little like, okay, like that that guy got what he deserved. Like, there's there's one encounter in particular I'm thinking of in Mass Effect Two, where um, you know, and they have the the feature in Mass Effect Two where you can use like the the Paragon or the Renegade to like interrupt certain se- sequences and. Yeah, there's there's a few times, but there's one in particular which we'll get to eventually that uh, I still think of to this day, and I'm like, that was just so delightful. <laughs> so, so all credit to Bioware that they they put this character. And I do vaguely remember doing this quest on my Renegade playthrough way back in the day. Um, but yeah, it's it's there, there's there's something 
yeah, so, there's something about being able, like, just visceral about being able to just punch some of these people in the teeth. Yeah, and it is or worse. And it's like if you are not just uh, like obsequious and and very, I don't think I'm using that word correctly, but if you are not just bowing to this dude and kowtowing to his every word, he gets mad at you and then you fight him and kill him. So it's real hard. Like you really, literally, like uh, I know in the the female shepherd recording, like you can hear. Jennifer Hale just kind of gritting her teeth, you know, like, okay, sure, whatever you say, buddy. And it's it's very funny. Yeah, I know that the Paragon has a has a similar mission, but it's not nearly as uh, funny as that one. For for this one, it's called the UNC, uh, UNC Besieged Base, where a bunch of biotic terrorists take, uh, take scientists hostage and drug them to use as meat shields. And in the, I think the older version of the game, you had to make sure you're like you had the powers your teammates either turned off or didn't bring them with me with you. They didn't kill the civilians while you infiltrate the base and try to kill all the biotics in there. You try to keep them hostage. But uh, yeah, this one's tough because it's easy to take a few of the hostages out, even if you really don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that I usually go by myself just so I can just easily just pick off the biotics. Like, because sometimes like, they won't do anything, just get in your way. And the they, the uh, friendly AI will try to kill them because they registered them as a target. Yes. Yeah, I think when I did that, I I got most of them. <laughs> that <laughs> like, sounds I think, right. I think, I think like Rex or somebody might have taken one out. Um, but yeah, after, after, uh, I think after, yeah, after you kind of figure out how they're they're holding the hostages and whatnot, what the patterns are, you can kind of work your way around and actually get everybody. Or I think the other thing you do, I, I wound up doing. I think I just ran them and punched everybody. You can, I, I you think, can do that. Yes, yes. They like teach you the mechanic on Ferris, and it works again as long as one of your squad mates doesn't accidentally pop off a shotgun blast or something. Yeah, but- I'm trying to remember if I was able to. I think I had the thought because uh, you do still have the. Um, the concussion grenades. I didn't try them. The, the, from that you make on Pharos, you they, they stay in your inventory. Oh yeah. And I don't remember if I was actually able to use them or not. I think I, I might have had the thought after I got there. I was like, oh, I still had these. I could have tried to use those. Uh, but yeah, I just you know, it, it, there's sort of the initial first wave where it's like, oh crap, you're kind of caught off guard a little bit, and then like, yeah, I think Rex shoots somebody, and then you're like, okay, now I'm just gonna run around and punch everybody and take it out, and then. Uh, yeah, it kind of works out okay. It's also interesting. This is a due to a bug in this game. It doesn't actually matter what you do because uh, <laughs> for some reason the game there's a bug in this thing, so it doesn't actually change the flag to if you even if you save everybody, it doesn't change that. So it always registers huh. as you killed everybody, even if you didn't. Oh. So like most rest of the game just says that the uh, the Sarah Foundation was able to recover from their attacks on this facility and had to shut down. Huh, and like, uh, and also like the uh, the announcer, like when you're in the go in the, in the elevator, said like it was a bloodbath. Huh. Oh no. <laughs> I think like, did this, they f- fix this for legendary? Uh, is this one of the know, quest so, bugs did, they fixed? It doesn't look like they fixed this one. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Well, I have to check it. Right, we'll have, to, have to check again once I play through Mass Effect two and three. But so Maybe. far, it is. Maybe the subtext becomes, well, even if you saved everybody, some sort of like government black ops thing came in and like took them all away and or some corporate black ops thing uh, came in and took all the hostages and did something nefarious to them. 
Yeah, it is interesting. There is like there is three different messages you can get from depending on how many scientists are killed. If uh, five or six are killed, it's like you've cleared the facility. The collateral damage was heavy, but the alliance does not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Evolution of humanity, huh? Those box didn't seem that different from the other scum you deal with. And then you only kill like one to four of them. It's like you clear the facility. Civilian losses were tolerable <laughs> in the same dialogue as the, the previous one. But uh, and finally, it's like if you, don't, if you don't kill anybody, you clear the facility. All civilians are safe, though still chattering to themselves and screaming at the garbage cans. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. It's not as funny as uh, as the Renegade one, but. It's funny. It's weird because I remember that. I remember it was like if you save all of them, you get something different. But it's it's. I didn't know that it didn't actually like save in the game. It it's funny because what what I think what what Bioware is doing here is brilliant in that most people will have sort of I think made the conscious decision. I'm going to play as a Paragon. I'm going to play as a Renegade, and therefore I am going to approach every interaction with that overarching mindset in mind. And so they're like, okay, well, if you're if you've been going through and you've been leaning heavily in this one direction, we're just gonna give you a quest that is right up your alley. That we're gonna, you know, kind of. It's not even a. Te- it's not even a test. The Renegade one is not even a test. Like Hackett is literally like saying, he like, really wants you to put him down. Yeah, he he's yeah. He all but comes out and says, like, just kill this dude, please. Like he knows you're, uh, you know, you're 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 like a. Like a, a a trained like attack dog, <laughs> right? Yeah, and he's just he's just sicking you on there. He's, he's like, I I I know how you are, and I know what I I know what I expect you to do. And I I would think most people who aren't like you know following the quest closely on like a wiki or uh, you know or, or at least on their initial playthrough, if they haven't played through the game several times, uh, you know they they might you know they might you know save scum to see like what happens and then go back and and make an actual decision but i think most people go, just going through if they're doing a rene- renegade or paragon they will approach this as a renegade or a paragon right. and so it's it's you know well played by bioware to just lean into that and be like oh yeah because you know i mean yeah you could give the paragon the quest like go negotiate with this guy that we want you to kill and like i think most paragons will let him live and hack it would be confused or you know you send the renegade in on a hostage you know mission like that and they're just i don't care i'm just gonna mow everyone down and be done with it so it's very well done by bioware to you know kind of put these missions in that specifically play off your tendencies and it's all interesting they're they're locked unless you get the right paragon and they give you the mission because all the other ones you could just discover but here you could discover the location but if you don't have the right paragon or renegade you can't touch it so i think at this point let's move on then here uh we'll, we'll finish up with probably the, the biggest side quest in the game uh, and it, it, it's that way because it's the DLC for the game bring down the sky asteroid x57 is a large metallic asteroid between the planets Bohr and Terra Nova due to a funding shortage the asteroid was mined out with the interior set for habitation fusion torches were used to push the planet away from Bohr and towards Terra Nova Recently, communications with the engineering teams have gone lost and the torches have been reignited. The asteroid is now accelerating towards Terra Nova. Shepard arrives about four hours before the estimated impact. The commander and their team come upon the corpse of one of the engineers, who appears to have been executed. They discover that the central transmission tower is out. Upon fixing it, they get a message from someone named Kate to 
indicate that they are going in the right direction. Battling through some turrets, Shepard arrives at the fusion reactor and encounters Batarians with their Varan companions. After combat, Shepard shuts down the first torch and gets another message from Kate. She reveals that she is Kate Bowman, one of the engineers on the asteroid. She is hiding from the Batarian extremists who have claimed the asteroid. Shepard then meets Simon Atwell, the lead engineer who explains that the Batarians, led by Balak, plan to use the asteroid to blow up Terra Nova. He sends Shepard out to find his two remaining engineers while disabling the other torches. He mentions that Kate was with her brother Aaron, who is on the security team. Shepard finds another engineer corpse and disables the second torch. Balak, meanwhile, discovers where Kate was hiding and kills her brother Aaron. Shepard disables the third torch and encounters Charn, a Batarian mercenary working for Balak. Shepard can either battle Charn or convince him this mission isn't worth the risk. Either way, Shepard gets the keycard to the main station. Shepard finds the body of the last missing engineer and then enters the main station and encounters Balak. Balak reveals he has rigged charges around the station to blow up the hostages if Shepard attacks him. Shepard can kill Balak or let Balak escape. Shepard then has to disable the timers on the charges. If the hostages survive, Shepard can meet again with Simon Atwell, who can also find Kate Bowman before heading back off into the galaxy. Asteroid X-57. Yeah. We've mentioned this before, um, usually in comparing it to other quests. This shows that it's the first DLC, because in a lot of ways... This feels like this feel this feels like it was made at the end of the experience, like or you know, like they had learned how to put stuff together, you know, assembling the game. That they're like, okay, we're gonna give you a a full experience here in like what, like a half hour, an hour. I mean, it's it's relatively short, uh, you know, mission here. I, uh, but just from the get go, when you when you take it, the voiceover of of Shepard and and Joker on the comms, I think it's Shepard and Joker. You're you're getting that interaction while you see the Mako landing. It feels very cinematic. Yeah, this is. I feel like this was their transition period to what like side quest became in Mass Effect Two, uh, and and I think this is a really great point. It really does show them progressing in their sort of level of comfort in designing these things. Yeah, because they bring they bring a few different parts together, and it, it doesn't feel like any other quest. I mean, just if, I mean, just for its sheer length for starters. But then again, I mean, it is also the DLC, so there's it does have like little side quests within it, sort of. Um, yeah, and that's so that's th- fun because it's kind of this mix of like, here's the Mass Effect One quest structure of land on a planet, do some stuff, um, but with like kind of a meteor a bunch of activities to do on the planet. But then like the main mission has those like cinematic sequences and little conversations and stuff. Yeah, and you, also this is like the first time you get to see the Batarians in this. That's mission. right. Yes. Also, like I'm not sure everybody knew this, but before you actually, if you don't actually download the the DLC, the codex engine for Batarians shows a different alien than what you see in, in Bring Down the Sky. Huh. Once you download that DLC, the codex gets updated with the new image. So they changed the Batarians. At some point, yeah, they 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 went through a change because one of those like not they were like in the, there was a codex entry for them as a non-council race, but it looks like they weren't exactly finished with it. And when they made this DLC, they had That's a different idea. So they changed it. So like if you hadn't read it, you would have no idea that there was a, there was anything changed. 
Well, they there's lots of Batarians in Mass Effect too. They were probably into development on two and said, "Hey, we've got like art assets now. Let's let's go with it." Yeah. Or or at least they knew that they were going to be using the Batarians and say like, "Yeah, let's we'll build them here because we're going to be needing them later." And yeah, the Batarians they show up very quickly in two. So well, one funny thing for the Batarians is the French version has a change in it. They're the Butarians instead of the Batarians because the French word batard is uh which is, is pronounced batar means bastard <laughs> yes yes it does <laughs> to, be fa- to be fair uh, the batarians are a bunch of bastards it's very true that's why i kind of wish they kept it <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> like maybe to the point where like maybe part of the process of coming up with the name was somebody was familiar with french and <laughs> This will be funny. And then the French localization team was like, that's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, continue. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to read about this, though. Like, I kind of want to read, like, an art. I should see if I can find any articles about, like, the development history, because that would be so great. Overall, what did you guys think of this DLC then? Was it worthy of uh, Mass Effect, I guess? I mean, I I think it's great. I don't remember how much I paid for it. I feel like if it was ten bucks, it's good. It was it was a good ten dollars of content. Maybe a little bit too much, but for two thousand seven DLC prices, sounds about right. Um, I really oh. enjoyed it. It's you know they they actually made new art assets for like the final building you go to. The other three buildings are just blue versions of the same like sort of above ground space habitat or a, a planet habitat module, but that's okay. It, the interior is a bit different in, in the later parts of it, which is nice. They did a little, like the final building has a nice interior change. Yes. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that. That was nice. I think it's, it's like the fight with Balak uh, and your decisions here. Like you get to make, you know, those kind of bigger, more important decisions. So um, it's good. I mean, it's, it's good world building. I, I, Overall, enjoyed it. As far as I know, I wasn't mad about how much I paid. Oh, like, like particularly for this one, like outside of like expansions for like certain games, like Diablo and all that stuff. This would be like the first games I actually had like a DLC, like bought it from the internet and downloaded to my console. Before that, I I'd usually just like didn't buy DLC because I was either a kid or didn't have money. So I'm like, well, I'd like to try that stuff, but not gonna happen. I don't have the money, but. I actually had a job and a money down this time, so I'm like, yeah, I want more Mass Effect. Let's play this. And I had a great, like, even when you were playing this, I still had a lot of fun. I'm like, and I was just so amazed by all this, like, how much better it looked compared to the rest of the game. I'm like, yeah, this is where it came on later. And then, like, it was really interesting with the turrets in there, because, like, usually turrets just sit there, they don't do anything. These ones, you need to be the right distance away, or they're going to have a shield up. And it's like, well, I can't shoot you now. Yeah, those turrets yeah. were kind of annoying. Uh, that and the... I did not enjoy the minefield. Um, I mean, the minefield sucked. <laughs> yeah. It's just bad because like, then there's some point where you have to... You're running through there and you, you've got guys shooting at you. And the mines are very sensitive, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, as soon as I was able to turn off that minefield, I was like, okay, this is this, now, now we can do this my way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, like I what did you guys think of the side the side mission part of it where you had to find the engineers that are missing? Find their bodies? Yes. Right. Find their bodies. And also like um, I think a couple of like re- like reading what actually happened to them is like very brutal at times. And just super sad. Like one person like 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 freaking out in a bunker going, wondering what's gonna happen. Like I hear them put something on the door. There's something. Tell my wife, blah. Yeah. Right. And then the uh, there's the one body that appears to have been that appears you surrendered and was executed. Like, oh right, the, the, the Batarians were not messing around here. Yeah, I mean this, you know, I mean it definitely is like I think it's good world building. I feel like um, it, you kind of have to go through a lot to find these dead bodies. I my favorite side content of this is the pirate radio station. Oh yes, I love that. Oh, it, yes, <laughs> I don't remember this. I don't think I found this, or maybe I forgot about it. What's it's like a transmitter up on one of the mountains. Yeah, it's this this transmitter, and it. I'm not even sure it's marked on the map or if you can just. It's like very visible, like you can see it. Um, and you go up there, and it's just here's a pirate radio station, and it's playing like. Uh, and they have you know some little uh, inside jokes about song titles, and I think it's playing like elevator music when you when you turn it on, and it plays it into the Mako, which I enjoy. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, I, I can't. Re- I don't think I left it on long enough. I think I might have turned it off. I was like, I'm not going to be around. And oh, that that's cool that it's in the Mako. But, yeah, so ultimately, with Balak, how do you how how do how do you end things with him? So I did not play true to the straight renegade here because I I I initially uh, did not let him escape. I killed him. Uh, or I fought him rather and then killed him and he did blow up all those hostages and I did see like their charred remains and I I felt bad I was like I'm gonna so I I safe scummed and (laughs) I'd let him go uh he will show up later if you let him live uh he he does he's a recurring character uh, which is cool especially now that like this isn't DLC like it's effectively canon to the game this is this feels like a nice addition that like you don't have to pay to get this guy, but you'll get some content with him later on. So there's the one engineer, Simon Atwell, and towards the end, uh, if he's I guess if he's still alive, because I guess he, he, he can also possibly die as one of the hostages, right? I think is he. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they can. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so if he's still alive, uh, he offers you some stuff. Um, and he's got like a really sweet Omni tool on. At least yeah. it looks really sweet. And if you have enough charm or intimidate, you can be like, dude, the Omni tool now. Now, I did not have enough to take the Omni tool, unfortunately. So I'm just wondering if you guys. I took that Omni were tool able to- for Tally. I had to. Nice. Yeah, I got, I got the Omni tool. It wasn't. Well, not just for Tally. He also has some quarry and armor, which it's like, why do you have quarry and armor? <laughs> Probably because like the game under provides uh, quarry and armor. I feel like, like most well, yes. vendors don't sell it. Even the alien armor vendors, a lot of them are like, well, we only do Turians and Krogans. Well, it makes it makes sense because mm-hmm. you figure they don't deal with quarians that often. But no, but I guess that, but that's what, what makes it so odd. Like, why do you have quarry and armor? <laughs> You know, we got, we got your, got your quarry and fetishes going on over here. We don't need to go back to that. <laughs> okay, oh, no. I, I had forgotten that, and now it's, it's all come back. I didn't even mean that, and I forgot I said that last time, too. <laughs> Oops. 
But yeah, if you if you don't let Balak go, like Kate Bowman does not live. Like pe- nobody lives through this except for like the one guy on the outside. Uh, a lot of people die. Nah, everybody's yeah, fine. Well, in my playthrough, yeah, that's why that's why safe scum does. Like, no, that's sad. I just remember that the uh, that fight in the like because you've got like the the main vestibule area and it's all it's all circular. And again, that was like an, the fight was annoying, which I I think means that I I did enjoy it in a way because it's like you want your combat to be a little bit not not challenging necessarily but uh you know engaging i guess and it's like i do remember just like kind of ducking into the one room and trying to shoot around corners and stuff i thought it was that not only was it nice to have a new layout to play in but i thought it was a very well done layout that there were a lot of little areas you kind of to pick to to hide and shoot around and yeah like the steps going up and yeah the multi-levels um and there's some you know targets you can take out uh like i think there's some nice exploding barrels that are set up really well. I mean, I don't think they're barrels exactly, but there's a I, lot of good combat details. Yeah. Well, that I also, I love the vegetation. There's yes. plant life stuff in there. It's not just a, like a very empty white room, you know? Well, that, what, what I feel like that was, it almost felt like a mall in its layout. Like, I don't know, like they kind of like the, the main area and then you had everything off on the side. Like, I know it, it's, it wasn't, but yeah, it felt it felt somewhere that you could see like, oh, this feels like a human co- like the the other places I think like without the vegetation they feel like maybe like early colonies like okay like we just got here everything here is utilitarian if we don't need it we didn't bring it and this is like oh hey you know what this is like second generation colonization now like you know what we got we figured out plants we've you know, not just like plants but like house plants like we've got you know room for for some some decoration and actually you know kind of stretching our legs a little bit. Um, because I mean, from a utilitarian standpoint, there's a lot of wasted space in that vestibule. <laughs> oh yeah, a huge amount of wasted space, and that's like a lot more oxygen's got to get produced for that. But yeah, um, this is maybe just a higher end operation because they got to fly this asteroid, and so they they spent the big bucks to have like a nice human habitation. Actually, yes. now you mention it, it seems weird now that it's on it's on an asteroid that's being there to get demolished and turned into minerals. So why would you make a nicer base on there? They're on a stationary planet. Well, it, because they're flying it into orbit, right? Like, so they're going to fly it into orbit and it's going to take a while to hollow it out. So having, you know, a nicer habitat for the people that'll be up there for a while makes sense. Okay. Do you think they'll like reuse it for a full colony then? I would. Yeah, station? I would presume so. Yeah, I think I think the idea is like they're flying the, the asteroid over. They're going to leave it right in the orbit of Terra Nova and people like miners will come up there and over the course of let's say months or a few years or whatever it is, they'll mine the whole darn thing out. And, uh, and so they need somewhere to live. That's Why funny. not just drop the mod? It is weird though, that they would put a nice module like that on before flying the asteroid, like closer into orbit. Cause you'd think it would be easier to do it near orbit than. We, we don't build habitats, but uh, it's true. I, I don't, I'm do not ha- a habitat engineer. Yeah. How'd you guys feel when like a uh, Kate's brother brother got like uh just just uh, killed right there? Yeah. Just executed. That was I found it very brutal. I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. 
Which was another reason I wanted Kate to live is like, well, I want to talk to you about this. It's all very sad. Well, I, I think they did a good job of trying to establish Balak as like a terrible, a t- you know, a terrible person that, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to sacrifice uh, Aaron, uh, Kate's brother in that way. Uh, you know, they're going to, you know, and even, even, you know, this is even before your, your introduction him. just the fact that they point out like, yeah, like, you know, dropping asteroids on planets is like in violation of a whole bunch of codes. Like this isn't, you know, like this is not something that we want people doing on a regular basis. So it is very strongly, you know, disencouraged and, uh, or discouraged. And, and, you know, you know, from the intergalactic community, it's just not, not something we want people doing. So we all, we already know he's, he's, he's off the book on this one. Way off the book. Yeah. And I think that's when, when you talk down like uh, one other Batarian guy, like the other Batarian squad leader, that's part of what you can tell him is like, are you really in for this? Or did you just want to make some credits and get the heck out of here? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also really fascinated by his reason for wanting to do all this is because humans are stronger and beat them at conquer at taking over the area. Because like humans got there first. They tried to like go there, fight them off, take their resources. They lost. And then tried to talk, take it to the council and get them to remove the humans. They're like, nope, you lost. You don't get it. And pretty pissed by that. I'm like, you're completely in the wrong here. I'm not sure why you're upset. Yeah. Yeah. Humans are only weaker if you play fair. (laughs) That's fair. If you decide to just drop an asteroid on them, who's weaker now? Very fair, yeah. but then again, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I mean that that's that's right. It, it, it really paints the Batarians in a pretty bad light. Um, it, it is it is a really it's interesting that this is how they chose to introduce them. Well, given given the events of Mass Effect Two, it makes total sense. Yes, sure. The, I mean they because even then, I mean you look at the races that we had previously and. The Asari are kind of the, the the you know the the the, the sexy alien race. You've got the Salarian as your your kind of nerdy race. You've got the Turians are your they're militaristic, but they're kind of they're your lawful race. Lawful, yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. And your your Krogan is your 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 warrior aggressive race. But even then, they're not like Rex is cool. Yep. <laughs> like, like you know, you, you, they. I think for all the races that they've introduced so far, at least the major races, you can't hate on them too much because you have one in your party that you are gonna befriend, and you know, presumably you're gonna you know grow to appreciate. And so they need a, like they need a bad guy race. Sure. They need a race that you're just like. Okay, you know what? These guys, anytime I see them, they suck, and I can just like pretty much open fire, and I'm not gonna feel bad about it. They kind of use the Krogans that way, but not no. They they they, they oh, out, outside of Rex, at least in the first game. In the first game, oh, and they continue but, to. I mean, you still run into yeah. Krogans throughout, but it, there's always like sort of a reason for it. Either it's well, it's Mercs, and you fight Mercs, or um, right, you know, or the Krogans were like indoctrinated, or were somehow coerced against like the cloned Krogans, I think in uh, a Vermeer, for example. Right. So yeah. Or, or they're fighting to get to Genophage because their race has been like euthanized. So they're like, you know, they're kind of visibly angry. 
Right. But like, yeah, the Batarians but... seem like they just took a trip. I mean, look, honestly, like I, if I look at this from like a Western Hemisphere point of view, the Batarians seem like kind of like Cold War Russians. I feel like like they're made out yes. in that kind of way, like late era, like 80s Cold War Russians is, is the way I look at them from from an American point of view. That's very, very good. Like all the other races, they may distrust humans, dislike humans, but they they're very kind of. They still they still work with you, and they're very. If they don't like you, they're kind of just cold about it. Yeah. The Batarians are the ones that the, the first ones that are openly hostile, right? And, and they they do all of this stuff to like subvert you know human interests in particular. They've got a lot of beef. Yes, so much beef. And, and yeah, and, and so yeah, they, and then and, and it set up it sets up fertile ground for Mass Effect Two for for some of the the stuff that happens in Mass Effect Two. And but, it, yeah, it's it is interesting because you never you do never get a Batarian squad mate, right? Uh, all work, the way don't... into Andromeda, there's no playable Batarians. I, I think maybe in the um, multiplayer, you might be able to like play as a Batarian model or something. But well, in the multiplayer, not... you can you can pretty much be anything. You can even right, be, exactly. uh, be a, a Geth Prime. So <laughs> yeah, so they I, th- I think this. Not this not only serves as like an you know an interesting standalone story, but as 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 it adds to the the Mass Effect lore in a meaningful way, and by introducing the Batarians and est- really establishing them as, uh, you know the you know the the antagonists that they're going to be. I don't, I don't know if they're really necessarily antagonists, but they're they're just they're a, they're a constant thorn in Shepard's side at the minimum, if out if not outright hostile and and. Dangerous. And, no, I mean Batarians suck. Like they suck. They're made to suck. It's it's okay. It's very intentional. Yeah, they're they're space assholes. You know. Yeah. Right. There's one interesting thing about this mission that I don't know, but probably most people know is, did you know that the uh, all three of the torches on the plant on the asteroid are all different? Like, like the models for them. Yeah, there was a by the, the when they were designing this. The dev team had three different teams. They're in a competition to see who could design it with limited resources. Huh. And then all three did good enough to throw all three. That's fun. I had no <laughs> idea. That's great. Also, I, uh, I, I just looked this up. It was uh, 400 Microsoft points, which in human dollars translates to $5 when it originally came out. So absolutely worth $5. That sounds about oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. not yeah. bad, yeah. This is no horse armor. Yeah, I am so glad they got rid of the whole freaking point system. That pissed me off. It was so dumb. It was like, (laughs) it just always made me think of that Simpsons episode where they go to Krusty Land, and it's like, you get the Krusty Land fun bucks. Like, just let me (laughs) use money. Nintendo did that too for a while too, and it was on the same weird conversion rate. It was like, a dollar got you like 80 points, and I, I don't know what that rate came, like, comes from. It made no sense at all. Then they're like, hey, what if I just give you gift cards in money form? I'm like, thank you. But it was like, it was so dumb because it was like, go buy a $20 gift card for 1,600 points. Like, what the? So all of that said, do we have anything else to say about Bring Down the Sky? Double no, check that's it. Sure notes real quick. Um, well, I think now it's time to bring down this podcast. So do let's that. go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. 
Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WD. That's double Y-E-W-D-E-E. Uh, and you can find me right here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every other week we talk all about the uh, critically acclaimed, uh, massively multiplayer online RPG, Final Fantasy XIV. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Uh, Kura, where can people find you? <laughs> oh, you guys want to find me? You can find me on Twitter at Kuramaris, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kuramara where people have been tweeting at me that I need to start my Pokemon streams again, so I'll get to onto that soon. And uh, you can find me every week talking about drop about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, or you can find us on Twitter, at Dropping Spicy. Surprise, surprise. And uh, that's all I got for the moment. What about you, Nick? And you can find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, where I talk about Warcraft news and guild management and also on the torn and the goblin where we normally talk about warcraft story and lore i am also at WookieBH on twitter join the mash those buttons community on discord at mash.gg slash discord and if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out please share it and rate it if you can and visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support mash those buttons and all our great podcasts including on patreon where for as little as one dollar a month you can gain early access to content as well as to patron exclusive content you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. It's my favorite podcast on the network. See you, Commander. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 